as my friend Brandon Ward would say. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I bet you never thought you'd hear the slightly congested sound of my voice again, but we are back from the dead, like Lazarus, or Lazyrus. <laughs> we've, been, we've been down for three weeks now um, at this point. I'm not going to make excuses, but there was fire, flood, illness, plague, genitalia, eating viruses, uh, firefights with peace officers, and it was, it was, it was enough to... It's well to derail a podcast for three weeks. Um, I know we're, we're constantly just down for long periods of time, and then coming back with a vengeance. But um, you know, we've been we've been on a really good run, and now we've got a couple in the bank. So hopefully, we'll be up for a while now. Uh, this chat was meant to go up yesterday, but I ran out of time and had to go to work. Go fucking figure. Um, it's part one of a massive, turgid two and a half hour talk that will continue next Wednesday when I drop uh, part two. This week, Bird and I bust our blabbering blue balls all over the mics and catch up on all the incredible comics that have been coming out and, uh, and shit in the mouths of the ones we don't like. But we shit with love. Um, Scheiße Essen, as the Germans say, and we, uh, when we, sh- we shit, we film it. I don't know where I was going with that, sorry. Yeah. But um, all this comics talk is leading somewhere, ladies and gentlemen. After we talk about Bitch Planet number one, one of the most incredible first issues I've read since Kirkman and Moore dropped uh, Walking Dead number one on us and changed the fucking comic industry forever, uh, Bird and I dive into part two of the conversation. Uh, next week, Nary a comic in sight as Bird and I pick our way through the prickly, treacherous paths of feminism and then dip into the wild world of sex magic. Uh, but you're probably sick of hearing my voice rambling on, so without further ado, welcome back to Chapman and Robin. Sit back and listen to my voice and birds rambling on. Welcome to Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bert. And we're back after three, or this would have been three weeks without a podcast if we hadn't done one today. Uh, we're so sorry for the delay. It is 100% my wife's fault. No, I'm kidding. Hey! I'm kidding. It's, hey! <laughs> it's, it's really all my fault. Um, I've just been like busy doing stuff, and on the days when we're supposed to record, I've kind of dragged my feet. I don't know. There's been a lot going on in our lives. So, yeah. I mean, we both got sick for a while, like pretty sick with nasty throat stuff and face stuff. And oh, speaking, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of nasty, nasty shit coming out of my face, I got to tell a quick story about what happened yesterday. Mm. I, was, I was doing a you guys all think this is fun or disgusting and turn us off. I don't know. But uh, we were I did a, a quick shoot for Kelly McCommons yesterday. My buddy Kelly. Maybe it's better if we mute that. Sorry. It's going to distract me. Um, but yeah, so I went, he was shooting a little short film for one of his film classes that he does with this guy, Derek, the head of the, he's the head of the digital cinema department now, isn't he? Um, he's also the dean of the art department, as I understand it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I shot a movie with him and... Recently appointed. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah, with Kelly and Kelly and Derek, I shot that thing on the red, and then um, Kelly's doing a project for Derek's class, and it was... 
like uh, anxiety or suicide in a bathtub or something like that. So like just a bunch of shots of me like he's like, all right, now look in the mirror and look sad. And then he would shoot me in 1080. <laughs> and then he'd be like, all right, now get into the tub. And while you're doing that, look sad. And I'm like, okay. And I get into the tub and I look sad. And then I spent two hours, two and a half hours in that tub. Now I'm coming off of a cold. So like my, I'm still congested and my, you'll notice my voice sounds deep and masculine. <laughs> well, I went to work the other day and one of my coworkers was like, Hey, you, what, what, something, something's different about your voice. It sounds like you sound really like masculine now. And I was like, uh, thank you. <laughs> Jackass. Yeah, I was like, it was a girl, so I was like, oh thank you God. for that backhanded compliment. But uh, you know what he basically shot me doing was like going under the water over and over and over and over and over again. And I'd go under the water and I'd hold it for as long as I could, and then I'd like burst up or I'd come up or whatever. And when you go underwater with your head back, it goes right up your nose and then just floods your sinuses and just fills your sinuses up. And it would burn because, you know, it's Marquette City water full of fucking chlorine and shit. So I, I, at one point I go under the water. I told this to Bird yesterday and she was pretty horrified. Grossed out. Um, I went under the water and, uh, you know, it was like, he's like, hold it as long as you can. I was down there for like 25, 30 seconds. Not that long. Because um, you don't want to be underwater for a minute. That's ridiculous. So I'm underwater for like 30 seconds and I'm like, uh oh my god it burns it's hurting it's hurting it's hurting and i'm counting in my head and i'm like okay 25 i'm coming up and i like you know blow some bubbles out of my nose like i was supposed to and then i come up and kelly was shooting in 1080p high def with a macro lens like right on my face and he i come up and he goes yeah all right that was really good but it's uh you know it's getting a little gooey in there and i was like what and i looked down and there was like a middle finger sized just like it wasn't it wasn't snot. It wasn't boogers. It was just like pure blood, like gooey, like brain. I thought like chunk of my brain had come blood out of clot. my nose. It was a blood clot, mm-hmm. like huge blood clot had come out of my nose. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck gross. is that? Oh, it's like bombing around like a fucking blood jellyfish just hanging out in the, <laughs> in the tub. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like one of the early shots, too. So, I, I mean, I, we get it out with paper towel and we clean up the tub just that way, like scooping stuff out. But. There's no hot water left. We just filled the tub. I got to stay in the tub and keep going underwater. And I'm like, oh, this is gross. And like, you know, over time, like I'm getting super pruney and I'm constantly like blowing my nose out. So like there's like floaties and we're getting them all out. So I'm like stewing in my own face juice in the tub. This is disgusting. Then for like the last two, (laughs) for like the last hour we did, we did uh, his other concept was like, oh, let's fill the tub with milk because things are getting cloudy and it's like opaque and blah, blah, blah. So we poured two gallons of milk into the tub and I'm like stewing in like, now I'm stewing in like boogers, blood and milk, like hot (laughs) milk. It was like, it was weird. It was gross. But like I committed, I did my, I did what I was going to do. And apparently the shots looked really good and he says he owes me dinner. He's like, he's going to take me and I out to dinner or something or buy me a six or whatever. I was just, I was just trying to get McDonald's off him, but he was running late for class. (laughs) So, so that was my gross, uh. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe that made me healthier, you know, like I had, I had milk, hot milk and chlorine up my nose. So that probably like just cleaned my sinuses right out. Um, yeah. So, so we're sick, but we're back now and, uh, yeah, this is us. How you, how have you been for it? We mean, spend three weeks now. So like think back of the Um, month of February, like how's, how's things been? Uh, cold, Mm. really fucking cold. Tell them what you read this morning about uh, Alaska and us. Oh, somebody posted this thing uh, about 
the temperatures of the UP versus the temperatures of Alaska. Uh-huh. In the wintertime. Just the in time. that day. Okay. I think it was yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, the warmest... Uh, the warmest temperatures... Are warmest. Yeah, yeah, of the UP was colder than the coldest temperatures of Alaska. <laughs> They're... Um, their coldest were like single digits, single negative digits. Yeah, and we were our like negative thirty eight. And what was our warm? <clears throat> our warm. I don't remember. Was that very... one's the one that stood out to me. Was negative thirty eight. Negative thirty eight. Yeah, mom was telling. Well, yesterday was what? It was yesterday Tuesday? Then NMU would have had yes. to cancel for a cold day. It was not. It was not Marquette. Oh, just the UP. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, mom, uh, the it other had, morning, when I drove you to work, our car said negative 10, mm-hmm. and I was like, holy shit, because the car barely started, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I took Trinity out, and she could, Trinity has this thing now where she runs around the yard, and if it's, like, in the negatives, if it's really cold, she'll, like, pee, and then she'll start, like, lifting up one paw, and two paws, and then, like, she's trying to, like, float, like, get her paws out of the snow, and then she'll, like, lay down, she just quits, and she, like, no. lays down in the snow, and I have to carry her inside, but um, I called mom and I was like, holy God, it's negative 10 up here. And like, I'm all sick. And Trinity's like, you know, trying to levitate around the yard. And mom goes, she's like, no, it's not. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm on weather.com right now. It's negative 20 in Marquette. Before wind chill or after Yeah, before wind chill, it was negative 20. Like our car's thermometer was just like, fuck it. We don't know how cold it is. Throw a number up, throw a number up, you know? It's gotten so cold, it's wiped out our odometer twice. I mean, not your permanent odometer that you can't mm-hmm. reset that one, but like our trip odometer, we've it's killed our battery so low two times in a row now. It's killed batteries of my coworkers, so they can't even come to work. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what do you want to talk about? I mean, I know what I want to talk about. I got big old bunches. I got a stack of oh, comics in okay. front of me. That I um, talk about. Let's tackle that stack. You want to ta- you want to talk comics? Yeah, let's talk. All comics. right, cool. Um, there is one that's not in this stack because you haven't read it yet. Uh, Catwoman. Uh, well, uh, uh, I have you, a gap to fill before I start reading. You're not going to start reading it, do you? I don't think so. Do you? You want to keep it on the pull list because you yeah, like the character. I do. But we're going to go. We're going to go back and fill in those issues. Yes. We're collecting the new Fifty Two series. I haven't read a lot of these actually. Um, I know. I just kind of wanted to tell you my opinions of them. Ew. <laughs> you know, because this podcast is all about me, really. Um, but yeah, so I read the new Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I think it's where it's like on like thirty something. And your gap is like it costs like seventy bucks to fill a gap, but the new Catwoman is fucking weird. Like, I, spoiler alert for all of you at home, we're gonna talk about the newest issues of a lot of comics that have come out. And I spoiler alert for you, but that's okay Aww. because you'll forget by the time we get the the arc. <laughs> well, no, I mean, come on, you will. So we opened up. I opened up Catwoman, and the first thing we see is Selena Kyle as like the major, like head mob, one of the heads of the mob in Gotham. Like ordering the deaths of people, like there's no Catwoman suit in sight. It's just her in like a tuxedo, like ordering her like mob people around, like doing drug deals and shooting shit up. And there's one cool confrontation with Batman. And now I just want to like go back and read and be like, how the fuck did Selena Kyle like get to get this to point? that point? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the the Batman universe, we got our very first issue. Bataverse? The Bataverse? I don't know. The bat Batverse. Bat-verse. I don't know. The the Wayne that whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we got um our first issue of Detective Comics, which the art is pretty cool. I yeah. like I dig the art. And the reason we got Detective Comics is because I mean, there's no comparison. Scott Snyder is like the Batman writer to read right now. Um 
This is written by Francis Manipole. Uh, actually, it looks like Francis Manipole and Brian Buccellato are both doing story and art. They just hmm. call themselves storytellers. So I think they're... Sh- Interesting. I think they're kind of sharing duties. Um, this new one is called Anarchy. The, their current run is called Anarchy. Mm-hmm. They bring back that character from... Be- beware, but remember, oh! Beware the Bat? Oh! No, no, no. It's not Beware the Bat. Yeah, it is. Oh, yes, beware, it is. Beware, beware the I Batman. I was thinking... Or is it Shadow of the Bat? No, it's Beware the Bat. Beware the Bat. I was thinking the other one, the Brave and the Bold. That's the one I... First saw Anarchy. Yeah. Oh no! Um, no, no, that's when I was thinking when you. Anarchy's said. an old character, but <laughs> the old version of him was like he was in like red tights, and he had a big, wide like Salem witch trial hat on, mm-hmm. and a big like Anarchy A around his chest, and he was like this emo teenager. <laughs> it was pretty uh, not good, and they kind of rebooted him for Beware the Batman, mm-hmm. and now they're reusing him in. Detective Comics, and mm-hmm. his, the, these guys' take on him is pretty cool. He's more like an urban terrorist, Ooh. sort of. He, he doesn't come across as like, I am a goofy, over-the-top villain who's into creating social anarchy, like he is in Beware yeah, the Bat. Yeah, kind of a goofball. And, yeah. and he was kind of a goofball originally, too. He like had a staff. He was like a 14-year-old kid as well in the original run. As I recall, Weird. he was like a 14-year-old who was okay. like... But in this one, he's more like the Dark Knight Rises Bane. He, like, he has a bunch of believers, and he, like, guerrilla terrorist tactics. He's really cool. Interesting. Like, one of the the third page is Gotham burning. You know, like, most of Gotham's on fire, and Batman's So which costume did they go with for him? For Anarchy? Flip to the end, yeah. We see him near the end. Um, Yeah, the art by these guys is really cool. Oh, okay. Very... Um, they're all modern urban yeah exactly but street style the thing about the new the new thing <laughs> is they all wear these masks the what apparently is like the run this run is about is he gives everybody these masks uh-huh. that they can wear that all look like this girl they call her alice yeah the mad hatter plays oh, a major role oh, in this I as see. well yeah. but they all wear this mask that looks like this girl alice and basically anarchy's like i have just given you all anonymity go do whatever the fuck you want and uh-huh. then he just pieces out this is part three i'm gonna have to go back and read some of the earlier stuff but they do the batman's like really ashamed of gotham like there's this whole talk with um alfred and he's just like why why are my people in my city doing this like what the hell is this well it's kind of like the concept for um Oh, is that, that movie? movie? Um, the one Doomsday or something? No, was it Doomsday or was it? It's the one, um, the one where they they all crime is legal. Yeah, the, that one. The like, what would you do if the you... harrowing, the calling, the re- reaping? Fuck, I know what you're talking some about. Some sort though. of generic. It's some yeah. bland title. I mean, that you, did you see that with that movie got on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes? Both of those. Well, I heard it was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah both of them. But I it, it's one. sort of like, what would you do if you knew you could, could get, away, get with, away with it? With stuff, yeah. And he that that was another thing that Anarchy's kind of like. He's like, well, like you know, put on a mask and go rob a bank. But if a hundred of you or a thousand of you go put on masks and go do something, you're, you'll all be fine. You know, like Anarchy, you know, band together and do create chaos so like what do you i mean what do you think i think the masks that they give out are a little reminiscent of scott snyder's owl the owl mask and it also makes me think of the guy fox mask a little bit yeah Um, i mean do you think the owl mask was a derivative of the the guy fox mask from alan moore's brilliant v for vendetta no i don't think so 
No, you don't. I, yeah, I don't think no, so. No, but this kind of has that feeling. The Guy Fox mask? Yeah, this yeah. has that same sort of feeling. Well, you know, in the end of V for Vendetta, the comic, there isn't like a thousand Vs walking around, you know? I heard the Wachowski brothers kind of ended it with like a million Vs. Oh, man, it was like, good. Good? I know, I know. You're like, I don't want to see the movie. Cause I know, me, I mean, me, for but me. But, dude, like, I saw the movie before I read the comic, and. Yeah. It gets you. It's one of the powerful. Ones, one of the one. One of the things I really want is like Alan and Aaron, uh, <laughs> two of our regular listeners, have, <laughs> and also my brother and sister-in-law. And you know, um, they've been talking to me about a lot about comics because it sounds like they're not just like grabbing one or two on a mm-hmm. pull list. It sounds like they've picked up Suicide Squad, and Aaron's got the Suicide Squad bug, so now she wants more comics like that, so uh-huh. throwing stuff her way. And eventually what I ended up doing was just telling her all the good comics I could think of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this giant list of, like, read this and this and this and this. But um, the two of them that I forgot, I, I mean, I assumed they'd read Watchmen, because I'm pretty sure by now, because of the movie... I'm pretty sure Alan every, has read it. Everybody's read Watchmen at this point, right? Like, I think so. Who hasn't they read... They study it in college Yeah, everyone's courses. read Watchmen. But V for Vendetta is another book for me. I, I know I hyped it so much when I had you read it. That The reason I won't watch the Wachowski Brothers film is when I read that book, I mean, it was like it was like, like a young uh, socialist reading like the works of Karl Marx for the first time. It, it Before that, I was just like, you know, I kind of just knew the politics of my parents and didn't really think much about politics or about mm-hmm. social structure or about like how the media affects us as not as just people, but as citizens. Mm-hmm. Then I read V for Vendetta. It was such a political awakening for me. It was like reading the Bible for the first time, except for this Bible was really cool. And it was like, you know, don't fucking listen to the man. So is there is that stuff present in the... What was the difference? Because you've, you've been exposed to both. What's the difference between the movie and the book for V? Um, for Vendetta. The movie is definitely more Hollywood. You know, it's kind of got that grand... Grandiose, even. Yeah. Uh, it's got a largeness about it. Mm. Um, whereas the book seems to have more of a, a sneakiness, a darkness... Like, um, V comes across more as, like, a terrorist in the book. Yeah. And, you know, do you... I mean, Less of, like, a a dark hero. Is that what he is like in he, the movie? Kind of like a like a superhero, almost? Like a big character? Like yeah, a, he, he comes off more heroic than, like... Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. In the book, yeah, I, I can totally... Do you think that was a motivator? What are you looking at? Oh, I thought you were... I don't know. I thought what? I had a booger on my chest or something. Yeah, giant one. <laughs> Big bloody booger on my chest. It's sentient, actually. A sentient booger. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think we could get away with that as, like, a super low-budget, like, science fiction horror movie Ew. nowadays? A sentient oh, booger? Oh, Like, if you sneezed part of your brain out and it, it retained the consciousness that was in your head? Oh, man. Just get some gamma ra- or radiation in there and make it huge, and you could make that movie for a dollar. Anyway. Um, do you think that was one of the motivators for Hollywood and like the Wachowski brothers to make him more of a hero is because we are living in an age where terrorists blow up parliament, like blow up buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was like, we don't want him to come across as a terrorist. We don't want to glorify Maybe. terrorism. You think? I mean, Maybe, but you know, it, they could have gone that way too and still drawn him as a hero. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I can see how Hollywood would be a little... I mean, in the book, he, one of the opening acts that he does is he blows up a major government building in a way that I think in a post-9-11 world, 
you know, a, you any, couldn't really. any yeah. movie producer would be like, you just had your hero do 9-11, you know, like, mm-hmm. dude, no, we can't do, go this way. And then he, like, terrorizes members of parliament. I mean, that stuff seems more like Punisher anti-hero stuff, where yeah. he goes and, like, goes to and gives that priest the, um, in the book, spoiler, he goes and visits, a, like, the archbishop, who's this corrupt old fuck, and he gives him uh, a holy communion wafer that's laced with arsenic, and he's like, so you believe in transubstantiation? You tell me, right, to my face, that when I put this in your mouth... It is no longer what it is. It becomes the body of Christ. You believe that? And the guy's like, yeah. And he gives it to him and he dies because it's fucking, it's a wafer laced with arsenic. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll kill you. I mean, oh, V was such a, V for Vendetta was such a subversive book when I read it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I just, mm-hmm. I just fell off, I just fell back in love with V for Vendetta. <laughs> it, it started with the mask thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it feels a little bit like the the new Detective Comics feels a little bit like, hey, Scott Snyder, he made a lot of money when he gave people cool looking masks. Maybe we could do that. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to keep reading it, though. I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. interested in what they're doing with Anarchy. But it, it I think Snyder created a little bit of I mean, he really fucking juiced Batman back up. But he also mm-hmm. created like kind of a real world thing. Joker is now a guy who has a, his face belted to his mm, head mm-hmm. and he uses radios and gasoline. It's kind of like the, the Nolan verse, really. You mm-hmm. can't have cartoony supervillains anymore. Gritty, very you gotta real. have gritty supervillains again. And, you know, I think that's part of what they're doing with anarchy here. Um, why haven't you read Detective Comics yet? I know you're a big bat I don't fan. know. You're a big old bat nut. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It was hidden away in her stash. Yeah, I, I, we get new comics and I just... <laughs> Trinity is sleeping in the sun right now, and it's it's really cute. Um, I wanted to talk to you. I know you haven't read it, but you are aware of the Amazovirus. Vaguely. Okay. There's a new... I, I, we got the new Justice League. in the League. new Justice League? Um, it's... Let me see. Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg. Superman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Who's Woman. This guy? That's Lex Luthor. What? He's not in the Justice League per se, but like, you uh-huh. know, you got your standards. You got like Batman, Superman, Flash. Is this Aquaman? That's Aquaman back there. Uh, That's Shazam. Shazam. We got, um. Who's this know, chick? Uh, I'm, let me see. I'm pretty sure that chick is Lex Luthor's sister. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Interesting. Okay. Oh, but because of the Amazo virus, they've sort of teamed up. Yeah, well, what happens in this arc, spoiler, is. Um, Lex Luthor created a virus called the Amazo virus. Are you aware of Amazo? No. Amazo is an android who could... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes. He, he could... If you used a superpower against him, he could appropriate it and use it back. Right. Like he dev- so he became stronger with every superhero that he fought. So Lex Luthor took some of his like biogenetic shit and mm-hmm. made a virus. He claims his goal making this virus was to depower superheroes so that you know like when supervillains who's this blonde guy the blonde guy oh that's um that's uh steve trevor that's wonder woman's fling from because it's the new 52 Mm -hmm. remember how do you remember the original wonder woman story that fighter pilot crashed on themiscira oh and that was like i think his name's steve trevor i'm not super familiar with the old wonder woman comics but he crashed on the island and diana was like (gasps) Oh man! <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, but like you know. But it was like that. No, um, she, the women of the Amazons are all like, we gotta fucking kill this guy. It's a man. But she was like, wait, we can help him and learn from his culture. And then when he goes back home, she goes with him, uh-huh. and then gets tied up in various bondage 
positions, helpless in a lot of weird pseudo-sexual BDSM stuff. I'm pretty sure that's what the original series was about. If you flip through the old issues, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Lex Luthor says, okay, all these super villains that we're locking up, they just bust out, dude. It's a fucking prison, and these people can, like, use nuclear energy to charge their bodies up and just blow through the wall. So he's like, the most effective way to imprison them would be to um, give them this virus, mm-hmm. which will suppress their superpowers and like okay, make them sure. not superhuman anymore. Now, I think that that is a commentary. Did you... Nathan Edmondson posted something on my wall about this. Did you hear about the... Uh, there was a oh, some foreign government. It wasn't us, but another government was developing a technology because prison is expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, you've got to go to jail for 50 years and it costs all this money. Mm-hmm. They came up with a a drug similar to like an acid trip but like millions of times more potent Mm -hmm. you give it to a prisoner and they basically their perception of time slows down so much that they will experience in the course of like a day or something like that like 900 years so what they were thinking was in to as a way to punish people because actual time like okay you're getting punished by going to prison for 50 years or you could get out of prison in a day but to you it will be perceived as 900 years or something like that so they were gonna like they were kind of trying to to correct the dosage Mm -hmm. but you know like you know do you want to go to prison for 20 years or do you want to perceive a day as 100 years that doesn't seem like ethical (laughs) no um i don't care it doesn't seem like it would be effective well, I mean, like prisoners, n- felons, or people who are going to commit crimes, yeah. know then that they're only going to be serving one day, and then they can go back to doing whatever the fuck they want. Right, but I think the problem is is that people are really tied up in this the corporeal, right, the physical world. Like, huh, a day, sure, I'll. But think about the effects that would have on your mind, because to you, like you're. You're perceiving that day like 365 days a hundred times. It's you, can you imagine that? Like being no. being trapped in a coma-like state for a hundred years, and that's how your brain would perceive that. Can you imagine? I mean, would you think that would ever be effective? Maybe. I think a lot of people. I, I I agree with you. A lot of felons would be like, ha. You know, like, I robbed this bank. I don't know why I made them an inner city person. That was probably bad. You know, like, oh, yes, I robbed this bank. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now I'm only going to serve a day. But, you know, they're not thinking about the effects that that would have on your mind, you know? Hi, what's up? All right. Um, So, anyway, I just wanted to ask you if you thought the Amazovirus, because when when normal people get it, they get really sick, they manifest superpowers, and they die. 100%. 100% mortality rate. Do you think that this comic came out or was inspired by the whole fucking... Remember we, we oh, had that, like... Oh, Ebola. Oh, Ebola. Yeah, like the, uh, the giant yeah. Ebola scare. Do you remember what? Do you remember flipping on CNN and they showed the map oh and there's, like, red, like, radiation epicenters, like oh, a nuclear ever, bomb yeah. fell, and they're like, an Ebola person is in this country, you know, state. Oh, no. One person. Yeah, it was really, like... F- I mean, it was super fear-mongery, but do you think that has they are related at all? Because they came out at the same Maybe. time, you know? I don't know. I think, it's <laughs> I think it's interesting that our new fears are diseases. 
So, hey, uh, hey, hey, no biting my feet. I'm, t- I'm talking a lot Ow! and you're beginning to ignore me. So what do you want to talk about? You're <laughs> biting my feet. I know. Give me a, give me something you want to talk about. Um, Let's just keep trucking. Keep trucking? Hi. Are you still engaged or are you bored? Um, kind of engaged. All right. Well, let's skip ahead to something you care about and something Yay. I care about. Tooth and claw. Oh, tooth and claw. Tell people what you, I mean, come on. Do you, oh, my God. We're not just gonna tell everybody. We're not gonna sum <laughs> stuff up. We're just gonna assume that they've read it or that they'll mm-hmm. pick it up if they care. Let's just talk about it like everybody knows we're talking about. <sighs> Tooth and Claw. <sighs> Kurt Kurt Busiek 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 Kurt Busiek Busiek. How do you say that? Busiek. Busiek. Kurt Busiek is the writer. Who's the artist? Dewey. Yeah, but what's his first name? Um... I mean Benjamin Dewey Okay we talked about it A little bit on our last podcast Three mm-hmm. weeks ago I think It's like the anthropomorphized Animals thing It's mm-hmm. fantasy land Right But we have a man And we talked about how like it's It sucks that it had to be a human Right But To save all the animals okay, we're four issues in now uh-huh. And I'm still I'm still reading it Because I like to be able To talk to you about it When we do podcasts and but stuff But you don't like it? I am not Engaged. You're not engaged. I'm not super oh. engaged in Tooth and Claw. I just there's... oh, I like it. Okay, well, what what is it about this thing that captivates you? Um, well, kind of the story unfolding of how Leroy, the I think that's the, his uh, name, the, the terrier, the pit bull terrier, new. Oh, the 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 one, the Neo, Leroy, <laughs> the chosen guy, the yeah, hero. the the chosen guy okay um yeah the man how he is actually a human from our future right and they pull him from the past their past so yeah so. the time thing is cool this, so this book takes place like when we think of the future with flying cars and humans and shit it, that's this story's past right the future 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 is like we're back to like animal just animals no humans mm-hmm. and magic which is i do dig that i do dig the cyclical mm-hmm. thing about that um so that is very interesting to me kind of the relationship that's developed that seems to be developing between the main character terrier whose name his is name i can't remember is. his name but okay the main character terrier and and Leroyd. Yeah. Um, and then sort of this, the main character, seeing the people that he considered his enemy mm. in this giant page here. Um, the mm. bison are supposed to be like the lower class yeah, and bad guys. They're starving to death. And his dad... The the dog the terrier's father had told him like they're happy we treat that they you know we they, treat them the way they, they deserve, deserve to be treated right and they you know they serve us and that's their natural place and then when they go out and actually find the bison tribe mm-hmm. they're all starving their animals are starving there's a drought and like all of the men are off making war with this upper class to try and make I don't know why maybe, or maybe they're dead could be well no they're not because seven scars a lot the- of them. Have been killed off by Leroy, yeah. But yeah. like, remember, Seven Scars still has his band, and that seems to be all the adult males. And like, mm-hmm. Leroy kills a child. Yeah, well, he kills yeah, a, well a baby bison, so it's not as bad. But it's like it's a kid, basically. He kills a kid. I would say like youth. I wouldn't say kid. Well, I'm thinking people young. It's definitely a, supposed to be a bison that is like it, analogous to someone younger than us. Right. 
So like right. you know, like a seventeen-year-old or an eighteen-year-old bison just yeah, he kills him, <laughs> and the the pitbull terrier guy is like, like whoa man, why'd you why'd kill you a kid? And, he, and Leroy's like, it's a hard motherfucking world. He would have killed you. Yeah, pretty much. And then the um the sort of um, there's like some conspiracies that are going on the, starting what, to unfold. Oh, you know, it's weird to see the bureaucracy kind of happening but with animals like the the owl who even though the city has basically the you know early in an earlier issue of course always spoilers a massive city falls out of the sky and like almost everybody dies and they're mm-hmm. you know and what are they what's the first thing they do in the rubble is they try and like form a committee and there's like power playing and the owl character it's, is posturing it's so- accurate it's so sadly accurate. I think mm-hmm. that's maybe that's mm-hmm. part of why I don't like the like it as much. Is like, you know, when I read comics, I like to see my heroes really like struggling through hardship. Uh huh. But there's like two heroic people in this comic: the Pitbull guy, who is kind of a crybaby a little bit, and I get the I get the sense that he's quite young. Yeah, and and Leroy. Who uh-huh. is like this hard ass? He's an asshole. He is, but he's you know, but he's still a hero, you know. Mm-hmm. But everybody else is like conniving and has all of their like ulterior motives, which I understand can be like political intrigue, and also have their motives completely misplaced, like mm. finding the comforts of home in the wreckage in of the city, yeah, and drinking wine and getting drunk getting rather drunk than like making sure that they're protected they food and, and water. yeah, you know. I mean, like, Garda, the the warthog lady, she seems, she seems to suppose, I think she's supposed to be, like, our our animal protagonist, like, political, we're supposed to latch on to her and root for her in the power play struggle Uh thing, but I just don't, because she, you know, all these people are like, please, we need some comfort, and she's just like, no, we don't need comfort, we need fires, and we need, like, water and bare bones necessities, and she's just, she seems to be overly rough. Mm-hmm. On them, she comes from a very different world, cultural though. place. Yeah, and then like meanwhile, the owl is like he's hoarding all of the top vintage brandies. He's got like four four poster Money beds. And he's got mo- yeah magical talismans. He's and like things. stockpiling he's, all yeah. this shit for himself, and then like kind of selling, selling it to some of it. like these. Oh, they, they all just come across as like such pampered bastards. I don't like them, but that's not. I it. think that's what. I know. It's going to make it interesting. I mean, I am a little... I'm, I got, Like, I, I mean, obviously, I'm engaged in the story. You know, like, I'm like, oh, these pampered bastards. But, I, you know, the art is not my favorite comic book art mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And the writing... I like it. it the writing is okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't like all the stuttering. To, there, like, there's a lot of stuttery, to, like, stammery. To make it seem naturalistic. You know, like, I, 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 I wish that I could, could see... My okay, d- it's not that bad. It's not that bad, but like you know, I don't need the stammering to understand that the character is sad. Jason Fabox art, on the other hand, Justice League artist, mm. he's fucking so good. Um, yeah, All right, I mean, well, I guess we're on opposite, very divided about Tooth and Claw. I don't know. Um, I I think I don't like Tooth and Claw as much as I might otherwise because of this book right here, Witches, Witches by Scott Snyder. This is and one of the Jock. Yeah, Jock is the Green artist. Art. He's he's the guy who does the the strange kind of paint the spattered. weird paint spatter art that kind of mm. makes everything it makes every page seem kind of surreal and and uh, frenetic. The art is is cool, but 
Witches is probably the best horror comic I've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, since 30 Days of Night came out Ooh. in the early 2000s. Not the movie. Have you read the comic? Mm-mm. Did you see the movie? I did. Do you like the movie? I love it. It was movie. okay. I actually really liked 30 Days of Night. I have it somewhere. We should watch that today. Okay. But, uh... Yeah, the witches is the reason that I'm kind of throwing books that are okay. Mm-hmm. I I can't, you know, I don't have space in my head for books that are okay. Oh, well, <laughs> Tooth and Claw still has my imagination, you know. I'm still Engaged. I know. Yeah. Witches is about like this we we just got the latest issue of Witches and we're finding out more about what witches are. They're not people like Scott Snyder invented like a whole new species that are witches. Mm-hmm. They we see like a skull. Oh, we should have put this so that it would blend in perfectly to, to the next one. Well, let's want to set it aside. We'll talk about witches in a second. Okay. Let's talk about saga because I know we're going to be divided on uh, this as well. Oh, okay. What is this? So, issue twenty five. Yes. Okay, so we just got off a break of saga. Like you know, it coincides very nicely with the break in our podcast, but um. <laughs> Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn, they... Still killing it. They are doing well. But look, they, they they took a break. They took, I think, a couple months off so that Fiona could get ahead, get some issues in the bank so that uh-huh. Saga will ship on time. Um, And, you know, we got our debut issue, the next arc. Woo, Saga 25. What do you think about it first? Because I don't... I'm I, Normally, I'm the guy who's just, like, stroking off every fucking comic book around me. I'm just like, come comics so on my face. So you weren't... You didn't like this issue? I didn't. Tell me what you think, though. I love Saga. Saga is one of my favorite monthly series. I really liked this issue, but it seems like um, almost a filler issue to Mm. get us to what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, You know, it's some... Well, like, what happens in this issue? We get... um, Get some backstory about why certain people joined the military. Right. Uh, we see a little bit more of Django. Dango. Dango. The creepy bad robot guy. Um, <laughs> the, the fucking. How the man. relationship between Marco's mom and Elena is progressing. Um, Which is ignite. Well, they're in a in a really. The brand group. and Gwen are looking and for a. And Slavery. Sophie. Sophie, who, and which is the brand's cat. real name. And something boy, Dapper boy. What's his name? Um, the dog. But yeah, I, I don't remember know. his name, but yeah. Anyway, they are looking for a cure for the Will, who is all fucked up. Yeah, he's like basically dying, and the the part of it, what they need for the cure is <laughs> dragon semen, because mm. Gwen can do a healing spell, but, but she they, needs she a bunch needs of different dragon. Dragon come. <laughs> um, I mean, that's funny. Brian K. Vaughn, I like that he's doing... He, I mean, we see the giant's, like, diseased scrotum oh, two Oh, God, that ago. was so nasty. We see, like, robot... We see, like, a robot orgy. Robot sex, yeah. I mean, he just, he just kind of does whatever he wants, and I like the idea that they're like, dragon come is the ingredient that we need. Um, but, you know, I think part of the problem for me... You liked this issue. Yeah, yeah. Not... My favorite issue. It, I, I think we're it's running. Kind of, they throw a lot of stuff at you all at once to, I think, just get to the next thing. I mean, I think we're running into the problem. I think we're running into like the the third arc problem that you always have. You've introduced so many characters that y- you're not getting enough of any one. You're getting oh two, little pieces of each. It's too split for me because we okay we get at the first we get like Dengo and the. Uh, and Alana and the child and the mom. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay. And then we get like... Hazel. Like, yeah, Hazel. And we get like three pages of them. And then we're with 
Prince Robot and we're with Marco and they're fighting and we get like three pages of that and then five pages of backstory one two yeah like three four here's, here's why we joined five the pages of Elena and Marco's mom right one I just I think two, it's three two four, well five. I mean here's what I'm saying I don't five care. pages I don't, of- I don't really care about the individual pages what I mean is like okay the characters that I really like seeing four together pages. are I like seeing how Alana and Marco survive this like star-crossed love and now we have like we've got here's the groups we have we have the brand and Sophie and Gwendolyn trying to save the will we have Marco and Prince Robot trying to save their respective children and then we have the kidnapper the kidnapped children and the wives and that's all going on. And then occasionally we even pop out to, like, see how, like, the politics are going. Like, the Secret Service guy uh-huh. or the King. Although King, seeing King Robot's giant fucking head was awesome. <laughs> he's like a, like a thousand-inch plasma TV screen head with, like, a giant waterfall on it. He was really funny. That was really funny. That was cool. And he's all fat and shit. But I think, I think we've splintered the group too much. And they're not interacting with each other. They're just all chasing each other around in space. I want to mm-hmm. see, I want to see if, if get them together. Even if you want to keep them in separate groups, have them meet and fight, or have them like almost save each other. But they just seem so far away from each other. And now we have another group, the Revolution. Mm-hmm. I, I want to. I mean, look, I'll never stop as long as Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Stables are doing Saga. I'll buy it. But you know, I want to. I want to see something. I want to see some change. This did... This chair sucks. I think you're right. This did really feel like a filler issue. Yeah. But, you know, maybe not even a filler issue. It kind of felt more like a... You know in anime, halfway through the season, they do the, like... Catch up. Or all the characters sit around a table and they're like, huh, remember that crazy day when we we all uh, did this? And then they'll play footage from an old episode. And they're like, ah, and that other crazy time when so-and-so did this and they'll play footage from a previous episode just to give the creative team time to get the next arc ready i feel like that's what this one was a little bit you know when, yeah. it, which is forgivable because this is a long-running series okay, like maybe saga's really going um you know what book i did fucking completely and utterly love in every way shape and form the wicked the divine oh uh... Oh my god. Alright, like, I, I think Wicked and Divine has now surpassed Saga for me as a monthly <gasps> series. I know, blasphemy, fucking string me up from my heels, but I really think so, man. Like, um, okay, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona That's Staples. interesting, because I don't think you liked this. Originally? We, yeah. I didn't. I didn't like issues like one, two, maybe mm-hmm. three. It just, it read, it, who is it? It's, um, uh, uh, what's Gillen his Yeah, Kiernan Gillen. Kiernan Gillen and oh, something oh. McKelvey. Sorry, I thought these were all... No, it's just their last names. Uh, Kiernan... Kiernan... I think it's Kiernan. Kiernan Gillen. Or Kieran Gillen. I can't find the title um, page. I thought he was a... I honestly thought... Just because the name was kind of weird, I thought he was a girl for a long time. But he is a guy. Um, he writes kind of emo. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Which is okay. No, I like... Dude, like I just said, I think Wicked the Divine is my... And Wicked and the Divine is my favorite month monthly series right now um oh my god the title page is at the, the back very end. he's crushing it like I, I love how he sets up you know what's weird him and grant morrison seem to have 
the and now because we just saw that thing about Katy Perry yesterday, I think they all kind of have the same view of gods. I mean, he sets them up at well, who are gods in here? Pop stars. Essentially, yeah. Grant Morrison's whole contention is that gods are just like big ideas and that we shouldn't like venerate them. We should just, you know, like if you want to talk to Hermes or whatever, surround yourself with flash comics. Well, they they still are very much the gods, like yeah. But the, I mean, the idea is like, you know, they are gods, sure. But what would gods do if they came to Earth? You know, that whole like age old question. You know, in Watchmen, they become superheroes, kind of. They become like mm-hmm. weird, detached superheroes. But in this one, they become pop stars because they mm-hmm. come down. Like if Jesus came back now, we even saw that in um, Punk Rock Jesus. Yeah. The the new reincarnation of Jesus. What is the first thing he does? He starts a punk band. And, like, goes out there and is like, don't believe in religion, even though I am Christ, you know? Um, but, and you know, like, and Grant Morrison's whole thing is, and Katy Perry, yeah, he, Grant Morrison's like, you know, gods are basically like the pop stars of big ideas. And Katy Perry says on the cover of Vanity Fair yesterday, which I did not read, but saw in the line at Econo Foods while we were buying, <laughs> what were we buying, ice cream or some shit? No, we were buying shit for Cajun dinner. She says, um, we're pop stars, so we're all just in a big story, and we're, we're playing, we are characters, you know? Like, Kanye West is the villain, Taylor Swift is the sweetheart. I'm assuming she's, her and Lady Gaga are like the weird, like, mad hatters <laughs> or whatever, but... I really bought in, I ended up buying into the writing, you know, because, I mean, come on, some of it, don't fucking lie to me. Some of it is a little like, I laid in bed and I stared at the wall for like five hours and I wished that I was dead. I couldn't pay attention to Twitter and I, you know, there's that. But then. Stop with your foot biting. But then we've all been there, you know? I mean, dude, I was emo as fucking high school you know and i mean let's be real you were emo as fuck like probably in high school and the beginning of college and i'm and i'm still emo a lot of the time you know um what is your deal i don't know trinity is is eating eating bird's foot (laughs) you're being a stinker oh it's so hard to podcast with a dog um it's just because she's so cute i know i know but um you know we're getting the heroic arc from an emo kid but whatever she's she like overcomes her despair and despondency and goes out to find these gods and did you notice that she gets her powers back once she stops caring about her powers what did you not read the latest issue i did holy shit uh do you remember she's been she gets blisters trying to she's got her yeah in the end of i think issue six or five she lights a cigarette by snapping her fingers no she doesn't Lighter, right here in her hand. Yeah, but I think that's a mistake. I think I literally think that's an art mistake. Cause look, no lighter, no lighter. You know what I mean? Um, and plus, no, and look at her eyes are glowing there. I think okay, they're not. We glowing. have we have differing opinions now. My one hundred percent view is that she, the moment she stops actively seeking power, and stops actively trying to be a god. She becomes a god. I think Wait, it's... hang on. Oh, hang on. This is the most recent issue. Yeah. So, I mean, like... Ooh, Dionysus! Dionysus is next. Yeah, yeah. he's the new, the new god they're introducing. Well, don't just... Yeah, but like... Sorry! Talk about it. Talk page. about it. You know, you're just thrilling to something that people at home can't see. Okay, well... <laughs> 
So we've met a bunch of different gods. We just met Inanna for the first time, who is on... He's kind of like Prince. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very princess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely on the main character's side. I cannot ever remember her name. What is her name? Uh, something very... Sadie Mo Girl? Yeah, sure. Okay, so he's um, on Sadie Mo Girl's side for sure. And then we just started to be introduced to Woden. Mm, yeah, Woden. who is a total dick. He's a dick, definitely, but he, he, he seems to back himself up and be like, you know what, I've got my reasons. Yeah, and um, yeah. He, you understand? Like he try when he tries to use his powers for himself, he becomes horribly disfigured, and that's why he wears his mask. He can only make, he can only give gifts to others. He can't give gifts to himself. So. And then the newest god that they're introducing at the very end of issue seven yeah. is Dionysus. Yeah, I mean this this book is very. This book would have been. I mean, it's big now, right? This book would have been fucking off the charts in the 90s. Because, I mean, look how the character, the main character, when is the moment when she really comes out of her funk and is like, oh, I'm finally better? When um, uh, the Morrigan and Baphomet, uh-huh. the Baphomet takes her down to the subway to like an underground punk rave, gives her some Jack Daniels. They get really fucking wasted and party all night mm-hmm. listening to like hardcore like basically punk rock music mm-hmm. and then she comes up and everything's better you know like in this world of like pop and intrigue and stuff mm-hmm. oh like it's when things get too the message really which is one i approve of the message seemed to be like when things get too heavy like go go fucking party with your go party with your goth friends and things get better <laughs> <laughs> you know um wicked yeah but like i mean it's i guess it sounds like i'm kind of shitting on the book from time to time but wicked the divine is far and away my favorite book mm-hmm. that we're getting month monthly you know witches is a close second but we'll get to witches in a second because we got to talk about witches um i have two more and i saved the okay. best for last are they both image books um go figure every fucking yes! every great book we're image reading is right fucking now. killing it dude uh i got some good i got some good dc books uh, we have nothing from marvel at all i don't think we have a single marvel book no I mean, it makes me sad. <laughs> I, I grew up on DC and Marvel, but I have the best books I've read for the last two years have all been Image. Images. Can you can think of anybody who's competing with Image for like comics? Fuck no, no man. No. If you're if you're if you want to make a good comic, if you have like a crazy idea and want to make a comic, go to Image. No one else yeah. is doing stuff like this. I mean, maybe small press, and we're just not seeing it because it's Could so be. small. But Image is. Image is amazing right now. Oh, they're off the chain. All right, I want to talk about off name. Off the chiseling. Exactly. I want to talk about Nameless. Okay. This is the new Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. Uh, you know, I I love Grant Morrison. It's no secret. I fucking just I openly just love this man. Nameless is this awesome new. Um, it kind of seems to be his message that he's been sort of talking about in interviews for the last few years. Kind of mixing science. And uh-huh. magic together to explain that they are the same thing, and it's just perspectives. It's all about perception, you know. Yeah. So it follows this guy, this character who is nameless. His, they, that's what they call him mm-hmm. because he has sort of, you know, there's the old the old uh, adage that in magic names have power. Yeah. I mean, you see that in the Bible. Like, how does Adam become master of the world? As he names everything. Right. He gives animals names, and then man becomes master of the world. Um, 
this guy goes through a bunch of shit. They kind of allude to it. They don't really explain. Well, I'm sure we'll get it in backstory, but he gets rid of his name. He has no name Uh so that no one can have power over him. The beginning, he seems to be like kind of a dream thiefy type character. Uh He like goes into a dream to get a key to a door or to a lock, you know? Okay. Like steal a key from a chick. And then he does, once they pull him out of the dream, these, this crew, Mm -hmm. uh, he takes, he does like auto, what's it called? Auto drawing or something. It's there's a magical thing where you can write or draw when in a meditative meditative oh, yeah, state. Yeah. So he does like automatic drawing to draw and a complete memory of the key. He wasn't able to actually steal it, but he when they surround him, he stops fighting and just looks at the key. And he just looks, 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 and then they pull him into the real world and try and kill him. When he's rescued, he's like, "Shut the fuck up! I need to do this," and he draws it. Uh-huh. And then they use a three D printer. To make oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, it's very, like, like magic is happening, but there's all sorts of sciencey shit. Um, now, the next bit is the guy who he steals the key for is like, he's like, all right, well, I got you this key. Give me a bunch of money. And the guy's like... Is this like, issue one? Yeah. Okay. And the guy's like, just so you know, um, the key was just a test. We want to make sure you're good. Um, the money's going to be worthless. We'll give it to you or whatever. But what we need you to do is go do fucking magic in space. Because because an asteroid, like, half the size of the planet or whatever is flying and going to crash into Earth, right? And he's like, well, yeah, isn't this a thing for NASA? And he's like, yeah, but take a look at this. And there's a huge sigil on the asteroid. So mm. we're not sure what that is yet. Grant hasn't, hasn't tossed us that line. But there's an mm-hmm. asteroid flying at Earth that has a huge sigil on it. So it's some sort of... I think you should explain what a sigil is. A sigil is a highly charged glyph. Or, or symbol that, you know, like a witchy looking, like crop circle looking type thing mm-hmm. that uh, is, is a highly charged, basic visual pictorial ref- representation of a desire. Um, it's a, Hi. we'll talk more about sigils later on and Bird will just fucking mock me openly, but, and just shit, shit straight in my mouth. But, uh, <gasps> oh. that is basically what sigils are. And they're, they're one of the basic, um, ideas. The chaos magicians of the eighties really loved them. And okay. now modern magicians really like them as well. So that is on the side of the asteroid and eight, eight, he eight. has to fly to the moon. They're flying up to the moon now to, uh, basically go and try and figure out a way to stop this asteroid um it's just really cool it's a it's a grant morrison mind bender of a trip it's it has all the trappings of being another classic fucking morrison run everything this guy does is amazing even if you don't understand it at first for example multiversity i've heard a couple of my comic book friends and the comic book shop owner um the rot the towers is mm-hmm uh, and the, the podcast I listen to, they're like, if you want to understand multiversity and not just read it, if you want to like get it, you have to read it each issue seven, eight times. And the newest one, Pax Americana, you have to read it forwards a bunch of times, and then you have to read it backwards a bunch of times. Because Grant Morrison wrote it, he like took a lot of planning and stuff, uh-huh. and he planned out all the word balloons so that you can read it and it makes sense backwards as well, but in a different way. So you can read the book either way, and it'll tell the whole story only when you understand it both directions. Oh, just craziness. Craziness! So anyway, I'm really excited about Nameless. <laughs> this is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, and I will let you introduce this one because oh, you turned me on to it. Hey. Now, hold on. Actually. I said earlier 
that Wicked and the Divine was my favorite monthly book. Mm-hmm. And I can't take that back because I've only read one issue of this next comic. Okay. But if this book stays as good as it is, mm-hmm. it three or four issues and it will be a real contender. All right. So. Holy shit. I didn't actually turn you onto this. Mm-hmm. Sarah Towers yep. at Tiger Games mm-hmm. listens to the podcast and she said, hey, I have this comic. This I've, is crazy. This is my second copy. I've given one away already. Her, her and copy. And you she gave, have to read this. Yeah. So she gave us this copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it she is called. Gave, she gave her personal copy her personal away. Her personal copy. To the first person. Somebody else. Somebody else. Then ordered herself another one. And gave heard our podcast is like they shit. need to read they this. They need to read this and sold it to us. And sold it to us instead. And the title is "Bitch Planet." I mean, yes, the swear word is very cool. It is bitch. It is bitch planet. planet. Bitch so, planet. Yes, the swear word in the title is very cool, but holy! Oh my god! Fuck, this is an. This is one of the best first issues I have read in a long time. It is so good. Like I said, man, so we, I think we talked about it ages ago, but Saga issue one, I, I didn't get into Saga for like until like 12, 20 issues were done. I yeah, I, I, had, I had to kind of convince you. Saga number one, it. not that great. Wicked the Divine number one, too emo for me. Uh, the new goon, um, uh, fucking, I can't remember what it's called. The new goon mm-hmm. miniseries issue number one was kind of not great. Walking Dead issue number one was amazing, and Bitch Planet number one is amazing. This is an awesome first issue. All right, Bird so, Rose, um, give us the rundown. It is written by Sally, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yeah, the and wife the art, of Matt Fraction. Yes. Who we fucking hate. No, we don't hate Matt Fraction. We just, <sighs> we just don't like his writing. <laughs> yeah, we hated Odyssey. Odyssey was so crap. Um, And Valentine Delandro. She's the artist? Does the art and covers. Okay. Um, so basically, it is any woman. It's the future. The it's future. the future. Mm-hmm. And in the future, any woman who does not conform to the societal standards or whatever is sent away to a prison planet. They are uh, 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 labeled as non-compliant. Non-compliant, right? Yeah, they get they get an NC tattoo on them or something after they do mm-hmm. that. Kind of labeling them as women who don't fit into. This oh my god! I mean, if you look at the fake advertising in the first page, like yeah. if you read all the stuff in the back, like the advertising is so sharp and tongue in cheek. No more pores. Um, what? I didn't even see this. That's funny. <laughs> the middle finger, yeah. But it's like uh, like advertising in the back is like no more pores, and then there's one that's like a skinny chick, and it says like the the tagline is like less of you to love. Get it? Like I mean that that. You're you not seeing? Did you not read on this page? No, on the first page of the comic. Read the ads in the background, the billboards. And oh stuff. my god! I didn't even I didn't read those. Watch eat the less, art. poop more. Yeah, eat, <laughs> eat less, poop more. Less of you to love. Um, because he said so. Right. Exactly. It's. I mean. Okay. For those of you out there who are Obey. not. For those of you out there who are not feminists, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, don't read this book. We get by when we comply. Right, like this. This book is basically, and I mean, we even they even say as they're flying out to Bitch Planet, which is a prison colony. Wait, okay, what is Bitch Planet, Bird? I just explained that that it's a prison colony. It's a prison. It's planet. a prison planet. Okay. So when they're flying out at first, they get like this weird like uh, um, audio download that sort of 
Yeah. Which, you want me to, I mean, I can read it. It basically explains... What world we're living in now, which is utter and complete patriarchy. Like, they say that space is the mother, but the earth is the father. And they talk about, I mean, the whole book, the whole planet Earth is 100% utter patriarchy. Like, well, which I know, which is a, is a striking commentary on, I mean, okay, the, those ads on the first page are very tongue in cheek, but if you just take out the snarky taglines and replace them with something a little milder, that's what advertising that's, is today. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, so like, this is a brilliant feminist look at our world now. It's a great feminist commentary, which is awesome because we haven't seen anything like this. I've mm-hmm. never read a comic like this. A lot of times, okay, what has been, to get you talking more, what has been your opinion of, like, the feminist works that you've read? How do they come across to you? Um, besides angry? I mean, yeah, they come across um, as angry, but yeah, aside from that. Man-hatey? Yeah, sometimes. This right? is kind of man-hatey, though, too. No, it, I don't think it is. It doesn't come across. Okay. It it immediately makes men the villain. The I mean, first page. Yes and no. Women are also partially culpable here. You know, like in the end of the. I mean, okay, the why now? Okay, men have put women in this position, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like a compliance issue. It's this book is okay. It's utterly feminist and it's utterly in favor of women yes men do not come across very well in this book like at fucking all but uh you know when major spoilers for bitch planet right now when the the wife you know like i love they do that awesome like cut back and forth between earth and bitch planet where mm-hmm. he's like i love my wife and the wife is like i love my husband and she's already on this prison planet mm-hmm. And he, uh, you know, the down on earth, we find out that, um, she, he had an affair. The husband had an affair and the wife was like, I'll kill, you know, we don't find out what the threats are specifically, Mm -hmm. but like, I'll kill you. Oh my God. I can't believe you did this to me. I'm going to ruin your life. Mm -hmm. And he reported her because he's like, my wife just threatened me. Mm -hmm. So they arrest her and send her to another planet for not letting, just bowing down and being totally compliant with her husband's mm-hmm. affair. Right. And then what we see is like a conversation back and forth where the husband's like, she apologized. Everything was fine. Like we put all the ugliness behind us and I wanted to start over. And we think that he's talking about the wife on the planet. Right. And then they're like, you know, well, here, let me just look at the records. Oh, we, it turns out that your wife and the younger woman that he had an affair with pops in and they hug and he's like I love you baby I'm so sorry turns out she'd gotten arrested on accident because of Mm. some paperwork snafu Mm -hmm. and he'd meant for his first wife to go to this other planet place right and then the dude who runs the planet has her killed he's like you know the, the guards are like opening a red window and they whisper it's like this all the guards wear like these helmets that have like the you know the bank robber clear plastic faces yeah they're kinda. sort of concealing but they're a, not but not really? yeah, yeah like they become like faceless sort of which is really creepy but they whisper in one of the guards ears they're like the blonde you know they, they give her the name of the first wife and they hand off a knife to another prisoner and she gets her throat slit she gets shanked and dies mm-hmm. um what did you think what do you think of the character I mean oh, I, the, it's a really at the, at the beginning you think that this woman the wife that was sent away is, gonna is going to be the main, main character. character but it turns out that this like strong badass black woman is our main character and I 
love that. Yeah. I, you know, it's... I mean, I was kind of wondering how they were going to make... Because the, the wife on the... who the, the, the guy's wife, the affair guy's wife, she is like, I shouldn't be here. This is a mistake. You know, this is mm-hmm. all a mistake. And you're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do that thing now. Innocent woman in prison. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how are we going to make her... She doesn't seem to have much of a backbone. Are we going to see her, like, grow and develop a backbone? Mm-hmm. But she dies in the first she issue. Dies. Yeah. And we learn that the this, like, yeah, this really strong, badass... Like, and they drew her with natural black hair, too, yeah, which I love. Yeah, she has a big afro, which looks awesome. You know, it's, like, very... She's very, like, like exploitation Bruce Lee style. Yeah, she like, does kind of have that going on. Like that kung fu thing going on, you mm-hmm. know? Not that mm-hm. Bruce Lee is exploitation, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, like... Does, the whole comic kind of has a pulpy It really does. Vibe. The, the back mean, page the... has... I don't know if you've read... Did you read... Have you read old comics mm-hmm. from back in the day? So you know that, like... Right. That's, sure. like, the back inside cover of every comic is, like, order your X-ray specs. Mm-hmm. Order your blah, blah, blah. The back cover is almost as good as the comic itself. Like, yeah. DeConnick is... She did. She's funny. She did something really special with this first issue, and if issue two is even fucking close to this, I hope that we can order these things. I totally want all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of do. I mean, like, yeah, she's very. You know what? And now I guess we'll talk about feminism a little bit because I kind of want to address the stuff that we talked about last time. Sure. But but you know, like a big thing for me about this book is, I mean, Penny rolls. Penelope Rolls, the the big girl. Mm-hmm. Um, like our two, the two characters, the two main characters that we yeah. seem to interact with the most are um, I can't remember her name. They say it at the very end, but the the kung fu black woman uh-huh. who is totally awesome and is a totally badass, strong, like empowered female character, and she has mm-hmm. a facial scar too, mm-hmm. which is awesome because normally your main character has to be pretty and skinny pretty. and white, right. And she but is, she's muscular. She's, black, she's she, scarred. And it's she's not black. like it's not like that. Like oh well, Power Girl is muscular. No, no, no. This chick looks like she's a bodybuilder. She's yeah. a thick chick with big deltoids and big biceps. She's a fucking ripped, big, big woman. Mm-hmm. She's not like big as in fat. Like I'm talking. She looks like like a fucking strong. She's a tank she's of a woman. Brick yeah. house, man. And so she's not skinny. She's not white. And you know the character is. She's kind of. She's got a pretty like a beautifulness to her. She has a fierceness. Yeah, I would but say. she's she's That's beautiful. attractive. She's attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she looks like a normal woman. Mm-hmm. She looks like a normal person. She's not a fucking supermodel. She has a mm-hmm. facial scar and she's got a big ass kick ass afro. You know like. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, man. When I was reading this, I was like, I've never seen a protagonist like that right. before. And the and other main so character cool. is this very huge very, woman. We're talking like, I mean, like morbidly obese, but okay with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like she's, she has I, a tattoo that says born big. Yeah. Somehow yeah. that sounds bad. Morbidly obese. She's, 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 she's fat. tall though, too. Like she's much. She's very, yeah. She's probably like shoulders. six, two, six, three. Maybe even taller than taller that. Taller than that. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's like very, very heavy. And she's got like half her head shaved, and the other half's in like she's got cornrows, like dreads, dreads or something. Or whatever. She's tatted up. She's really fucking mouthy. Oh man, yeah. And she she's like twice in the first issue, she goes toe to toe with the guards and beats the shit out of some guards, you know, like and takes hits too. Yeah, she gets beat up too, like a lot. And it's not this book is another one of those kind of that doesn't seem it to be doesn't shy away punches which yeah. is cool i like they the bo- show you know full frontal female nudity yeah a couple times um, violence blood 
It's all yeah. there. It's all there. And they're dealing with really big issues too, which I think I think Image is the only place you can do that. Mm-hmm. DC, you could never do a book like this at DC. You put it under like you could put it under Marvel Max's line, like mm-hmm. the Marvel Max line. But even that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do this. I don't mm-hmm. think they they would approve the idea. Images are really it's like a mecca for creative yeah. comic book types. So let's talk about feminists a little bit cuz I okay. loved this comic. Oh, and there's the natural breaking point of this conversation uh, as we wrap up our comics talk and dive into much headier matters. Just what does Bird think of feminism? What does Max think about anything? Does Max think? <laughs> You'll find out next week on part two of this giant size Chapman and Robin spectacular. Um, I don't know what I'm going to title it yet. I wish I had thought of that before I recorded this little outro. But uh, we'll see you next week on Chapman and Robin. So since Bird's not here, we'll use the the uh, traditional sign-off of, uh, in her absence. Fuck off. <laughs>